0: Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode we have Netflix 155th film. It's a 2019 sci-fi See You Yesterday. This is directed by Stefan Bristol. It stars Eden Duncan-Smith, Dante Crishlow and Astro. I am Jesse and I'm here with MJ. How are you? I'm good, Jesse. I'm good. How are you? Yes, oh, love and life. Life is good. Um, I'm alive, and that's all that matters at the moment. So, um, I get to, get to talk little to you. Widths. Yeah, I get to talk to you. So that's um, always a highlight of my week. Um, this is the highlight of the week, and especially a sci-fi film for me too. One of my um, one of the ones that I,
1: I kind of uh, look forward to when I see them coming up. So, it's something good. Uh, we don't we don't have too many sci-fi films uh, on the old flicks forum list. So, and to be honest, the ones that we have had in the last. You know, we had a few early, we had a few in the middle. Um, They've all been pretty good. Netflix has done all right with their sci-fi films. So this was interesting to get
0: into. Good. Well, let's get into it and kick off with our fast flicks where you give us a quick
1: summary of your thoughts on the film. Yeah. So uh, See You Yesterday is a movie about a couple of genius high schoolers uh, from Crown Heights in Brooklyn. Figure out a way to go back in time and discover how fickle the decisions we make can be. I love that. That's that's really nice. Um, I've,
0: I've I've said a very similar thing, but I haven't said it as nicely. So once you said, I just said. I think you said. What did you call them? Genius. What did you say? They were geniuses or something. Genius high school. Genius high school. I've called them switched on. <laughs> did, oh, geez. <laughs> They're a bit more than switched on. <laughs> I've just said two switched on African American teens experiment with time travel, I'm challenged by needing to use it for more than just fun.
1: I have always thought of myself as a pretty switched on kind of guy and I'm not very close to discovering <laughs> to time travel, I'll be honest.
0: Yeah, true. I, I was trying to think of a word that uh, related to them pressing buttons on their uh, like oh, switched, switched on. on. Okay. I was, so I was trying to, okay. That's... yeah, anyway, that was when I was, oh, wow. out. I, I had that word switched on straight away and I was like, oh, I can, how can I use this? But yeah, yours is better. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we do uh, like to have a look at how this has been put together. So what, what do you have uh, for us on this one?
1: Yeah, all right. So first things first, our director, Stefan Bristol. So he grew up in Coney Island. Uh, he's of Guyanese descent. Um, made a note that he never really saw Caribbean people represented in film, which is pretty fair to be perfectly honest. Um, so for his master's thesis at NYU Film School, He he co-wrote with a fellow NYU student, Frederica Bailey, and he directed See You Yesterday, which at this stage was the short film. Um, And it was obviously based in New York City and it was, as he would have wanted, centered around these Guyanese characters. So Spike Lee, um, who had been a lecturer um, for Stephen Bristol in in his university days, or his college days, um he he saw this work and he decided basically to to fund this as a short film uh and and then the short of it is later when he saw the final product of the short film he decided to give him another grant to sort of fix it up clean it up get it all ready to go um and that short film that was made was entered into a bunch of festivals it won accolades as a finalist of the hbo short film competition uh for the american black film festival uh it was Won, it won the best of the festival in the hip-hop film festival and also hbo short film competition um so as i said bristol had a- attended some some lectures and classes of spike lee's and during his time he tried a, a bunch of times to get an internship with him he finally got one where that's basically unpaid work for seven days a week which that's the way it is in the industry if you want to have an internship that's that's how you got to do it so yep. Um, But the point is, he developed this relationship with Spike Lee as as a student and obviously as a a man who wants to get into the film industry. So apparently the plan was always to make See You Yesterday as a feature film um, when he was actually at NYU. And he got advice that he wasn't ready to make a feature and he should release it as a short, which could work as a proof of concept. So one day, basically Spike Lee emailed him asking if he wanted him to be a producer for a full-length film. So this is, it all sort of come around full circle. It's all done well. And at this time, Spike Lee was shooting Black Klansman and and Bristol was actually working as his assistant on the set. So when they wrapped that film, um, and then about a year had passed um, after he had agreed to produce, they got a deal with Netflix to shoot the following year. So the Netflix executives basically hadn't responded to Stefan Bristol about producing the film. So Spike Lee went to the Netflix CEO and basically asked him if he'd make the film, and he said, yep, sounds good. Uh, They had received offers from other production companies, but they wanted too many changes. And from what I can gather, the notes and the changes that Netflix wanted were basically more related to the scale of the film. So I'm assuming the budget wasn't enormous for this, but again... The Spike Lee name, obviously a massive part of this film getting made and Stephen Bristol with his story that meant so much to him finally gets it made and Netflix comes to the party to get it done. It's a it's a good story in the end and obviously the film itself released on Netflix uh, in 2019.
0: Amazing. That was uh, really well put together. I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, listening to you tell the story because, um, yeah, it's it's a really nice story. It, it's one of those ones that you, you look at and you go, this is a, a guy who's sort of done a lot of the hard yards to, um, prove what he wants to do in life and obviously getting on board and and having spike lee with him has definitely helped him in that um so you know it's that it goes back to that old saying isn't it that it's uh about you know who you know not what you do or whatever it is that's not what it is but, but you know what i mean yeah yeah no <laughs>
1: um but but obviously the idea as well and take nothing away from stefan bristol as, as you alluded to like he worked his ass off to mm. get there he had he had his vision he had his dream of getting this particular film made Uh, And nothing really stopped him from from doing every little step that he took was probably to get this film made and to launch a career. But um, the Spike Lee thing was obviously beneficial, but not without him putting in the hard yards to gain Spike Lee's trust and even mentorship. So, um, Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's a great story. And I I think
0: looking at the, I'm pretty sure that the majority of the main cast were the same people that played the same characters in the short film too. So that's another nice thing that he's kept those people on board. Obviously if they've built that connection with those characters, you know, to, to play them again, is a, is a good thing for them too. Um, You've done such a good job. I've only got little bits and pieces and I guess I'll pop a spoiler alert in here now, a couple of little facts and things that I've got. are probably going to ruin the film it's not so much, but, um, the ending does have a bit of a open for interpretation ending and, and, um, Bristol, the director he's he's specifically come out and said, I'm not going to make a sequel. He wanted the ending to be open for interpretation and, and for viewers to come up with their own conclusion. Um, and he said, this is a direct quote. He said, I didn't want the film to be wrapped up in a bow. I didn't give a clear answer about what happened or let you know if the Something happened or not, so um, it's a it's a nice little thing that he's got a clear vision and said, "No, that this I want you to work this out yourself and go go for it from there." So um, a nice little tie-in too. Did um, you give your spoiler alert then, and then just not, yeah, I avoid saying a spoiler because you get too scared. I know. I was like, oh, I'm going to regulate myself a bit and go. No, nah, I'm not going to do it.
1: You always do this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, this
1: is a real spoiler. If you haven't seen this movie, we're going to spoil it. Jesse's done really well not to spoil it so far. But we're going to spoil it at some point, so if you want to watch, see yesterday, watch it. Come back and listen to us. Uh, otherwise, there will be spoilers from now on. Actually, I actually have, I, actually have I
0: have written in my notes what actually happened. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to pause and not say I it. Know. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I just I just feel bad. I like I'm one of those people that like if someone spoils a film, I feel horrible about it. Yeah, it's it's, and I'm sure you're, you're exactly the same. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. Now, <laughs>
1: I know, and that's then we got to be explicit. We will spoil it, and if we haven't already, which we haven't, but we will. We'll so hear True. be ready. <laughs> All right,
0: let's go. Let's keep moving. So, um, the tagline—I found the tagline for this one again um, because I know we, we had a bit of a laugh the last few weeks. So, this one um, is called "Going," or oh, the tagline is "Going back is the only way forward," uh, which mm. isn't too bad um, once you've watched the film. I like it. Yeah, that's a good oh, okay. one. I'm a tagline man and I like that one. That's a goodie. Uh, in other countries around the world, this one in France was called Like It Was Yesterday. So still uses that word yesterday. In Turkey, yeah. it was called Saving Yesterday. Um, Taiwan, yeah. it was called Turn Around. Um, and all I could get in my head was that song, that like, turn around, turn around, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that around. Anyway, um, that was it. So um, the other thing too, And this is, this is a spoiler too. Michael J. Fox is in this film and this is um, his last role since he's retired. So um, there you go. I did spoil something. (laughs) 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 Like like you mentioned, it hit uh, Netflix in uh, the 17th of May, 2019. It did play at the Tribeca Film Festival at the start of May um, and had a couple of nominations at that festival. Um, Including the what was the runner-up for best narrative, and it was also nominated for the best first feature. Um, but it did actually win two other awards at other other places too. So it won the best non-theatrical release at the Online Film Critics Society Awards, and it also won for the best screenplay at the Film Independent Spirit Awards. So um, a wow. couple, of, couple of little um, noms there as well. They're big awards. Yeah. What's the consensus for this one? What are the critics and the audience are
1: saying? Um, it's, it's a 5.2 out of 10 on IMDB of 10,000 ratings and it's a 2.9 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Again, nearly 10,000 ratings, uh, probably a bit lower than I would have expected. I thought there'd be a bit more love for this film. Um, not, not bad scores, but I thought, yeah, I did think that would be a little bit higher.
0: Yeah. I guess if, if we go to Rotten Tomatoes where... The audience sort of agreed. They they had it at forty percent, and that was on over more than two hundred and fifty reviews um, mm. from an audience on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's um, quite a few people, realistically, when we look at those numbers. But then we go to the critics, and um, the critics had this at ninety five percent. So oh, there you go, certified fresh. Um, we haven't had a certified fresh film in a while. That's on forty reviews, but yeah, ninety five percent. So quite wow. a big difference between the critics and, and the audiences for this one.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I mean that sort of five. 5 out of 10, 3 out of 5 kind of mark is pretty consistent across the board, so yeah. interesting. All right, well, let's uh, head into our early thoughts on this one. What, what did you think? I I thought it was pretty cool. Um, time travel kind of fascinates me. I mean, will it never happen because we've never seen anyone come back or are there, like, these really strict rules about time travel in the future about what you can and can't do? And I don't know. I'm, I'm, it always fascinates me, and I, I think it's a great – it's a great device to tell a story so i mean in its essence this concept has been done before the idea of traveling back in time and recognizing that the slightest changes can have the biggest impacts it does have this fresh twist by introducing a a really tragic event And, and of course there's the really heavy black lives matter themes throughout as well which gives it its own sense of identity um i had some issues throughout the whole film in general but generally i enjoyed it yeah. I, 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 um, I got on board early for this one and
0: I was, I was pretty engaged the whole way. I, I, I wanted to see what was going to come next. Um, and even though that there were some decisions, I guess that some of the characters made in the travels that didn't really make sense, uh, yep. at the, in the end, it didn't really matter for me because that's not what this film was about. They're like, Yes, it's about travel and time and things like that. But like you mentioned as well, that this film's about so much more and and this one gave me some like actual feel. So um I'm on mm. board with this. Good. All right. What are some characters that you'd like to discuss?
1: I want to talk about CJ. CJ is our I guess we've got two main characters, but she's kind of the, the main driver. Um I think this character really worked, um, albeit She annoyed me with her stubbornness and and her ego a little bit. Um, But it's those traits that probably make her able to achieve what she has. And and I think it constantly makes you remember that she's a teenager. Um, And that drive and that passion combined with that ability to not let anyone tell you what you can and can't do. That that ability to think that you can solve all the world's problems by yourself really works with her. Uh, and, And when it doesn't work for her, all of us remember what it was like to have those ideals as a teenager and sit back and nod and go, well, CJ, we saw this coming, but you believe her going through that process in the first place. And and I know you, you said that there's a few decisions that they made that really annoyed you. That happened a lot with me, with CJ, when she would do something, I'm like, what are you doing? Like <laughs> this is yep. the wrong decision. But I think in general, the, the character does work. Yeah. I think I completely agree with you because they're those brash
0: quick uh, decisions that she makes because of her youth, I guess, and like you mentioned, you, you can think of yourself being like, oh, I, something's annoyed me, and I just need to do it straight away without actually, you know, thinking about the pros or thinking about the cons. And 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 even though they try to put her out as this this kid that can't control her temper and, and is super stubborn, they didn't overplay that too much. So you did feel those those attributes more through her actions rather than seeing her push it too much on screen. So I think like you sort of mentioned that her character did sort of work because you've got more of that idea where, and that they only sort of push on at the start too, where, you know, you've got, she's really hardworking and, you know, this science expo with this, this time travel was not, wasn't intended for the purpose to actually use it for it was because they wanted mm-hmm. to better themselves. It's because um, her and, and her, obviously Seb, we'll talk about in a second, like this almost brother-like character. They, they want this scholarship. They want to, um, and they've each got their own um, issues in life, but the, the whole idea or premise of this film, yes, it's, it's helped adapt and, and, them grow as characters but in reality the the idea of it was for them to grow too so i I didn't
1: mind that i think that making them teenagers works because on the one hand you're like no one's ever created time travel and you're going to tell me the two 16 year olds have made it but then i guess it, it does go with that that brash youthfulness that uh, to quote jurassic park and not directly quote it because i can't remember the exact quote yeah. like you, you were so hell-bent on figuring out whether you could do it you didn't think about whether you should do it um and, and it's one of those things that they're doing these things that are so morally objectable and they never thought about that they just go, hey we're back in time let's let's just do this let's just do that let's just do this and it's like hang on if if this was in the right hands and this probably doesn't happen, but maybe if it's in the right hands, someone pulls it up before you even do that in the first place, which is why it kind of works as well. I feel like you're talking about Big Hero 6 as well. Like it's just it's that, that <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that, but it's, um, yeah. I have seen that. Yeah. I have a funny story about Big Hero 6. I've got to, I've got to, really quickly. Good. Was no. it a <laughs> be- meeting years and years ago uh, when I was working in film advertising and we were talking about, I, I can't remember what film was coming out. But there was comparative title, Big Hero Six. We had our strategist writing on the board like comparative titles and, and someone said Big Hero Six. And he just he didn't hear it properly. He didn't know the film. And he literally wrote Big Harry Sex. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No. I hope, I hope they, that you hadn't seen the film before you're pitching these ideas no no no
1: he was talking this was a different film and it's like uh, it's comparative to Big Hero 6 it's like oh yeah Big Hero 6 everyone in the room like, oh yeah Big Hero 6 yeah great one and he's just standing there like all right Big <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I have to it's a great movie. I should I should rewatch it. Yeah, good. All right, let's uh let's move into Seb or Sebastian. Go for it, Sebastian. So he's he's the yin to CJ's yang. I love this dude. His his quiet, thoughtful, and considered approach really complemented CJ's gung ho attitude. And I, similarly, it makes the two of them work so well together. But despite him being one of the main characters, he also kind of fills this role of the innocent bystander perfectly because the audience cares enough about him to emotionally connect, but it also reflects that whole innocent bystander effect of the Black Lives Matter notion and and highlights the fact that the wrong people are so often the victims here. And if you're watching this movie, you can't think of a person who's more worthy of not getting the fate that Sebastian got and that's the story that they want to tell, right? Because these people that are uh, impacted by police brutality are often the last person in the world that should be receiving that. So I think they, they got that message across really well with Sebastian's character as, as well.
0: Yeah. I, I liked the, we sort of touched on this with, with CJ as well, but I liked that idea of him being the brother that, she almost wanted, I guess, the the one that would work with her and do things with her, and, and I, I liked those intertwining stories where, um, you know, you you get that you, you do you do get that connection with um with CJ and her actual brother in the absence of Seb. Um, I'm, try, I'm trying to say the word this without giving the plot like saying too much about the plot, but I think that his his um background as well, like with having his grandparents as as his carers, and you know, they're not pushing it in your face, but they're they're making you think about you know the questions why why where his parents what's happened to his parents why are his grandparents stepping in um you know and they're obviously putting in good routines and good you know um life skills for him and pushing him to to achieve what he wants and if he doesn't then get a job do some work so Mm -hmm. i I really really did um think that these the subtlety with his character um in highlighting that not only his life but cj's probably haven't been the easiest but we still see these Mm -hmm. really strong characters in what we see so i i I appreciated
1: that through him too i love that That's. Great. Anyone else that you want to talk about? I want to talk about Calvin, um, played by Astro. So if my thoughts on Sebastian were that he was the innocent bystander, those thoughts probably reflect Calvin more so. Because he's he's the hothead who, who isn't doing anything wrong except being a little bit provocative. And that's that's, that's what's causing this stereotyping, Right. We know more about Calvin than what the cops do. Uh, we know that he's this man of the household, looks after his little sister, protects her, but he's still got dreams to make something of himself. But he, similarly to CJ, he's not going to get told what to do. Uh, and, and when the police are the ones asking the question, he's just about fed up with being pushed around. And, and as a viewer, you're kind of screaming at the TV, just telling him to relax and just do what he's told. Uh, of course, like... But why is there a gun in his face in the first place? And, and why should he live his life walking on eggshells because he's an automatic suspect due to the color of his skin? His stubbornness, in a sense, does cost him his life, but he shouldn't have really been put in that position in the first place because he didn't deserve to be in that position. And, and, that's, and that works. That's, that's a story that someone like me doesn't necessarily understand from afar but watching the film, those inadequacies really stand out and you're like, shit, this is, this is what's happening.
0: And I, I couldn't agree with you more because I think that the lack of detail, the ba- like, you know, I think we, we found out that he washed dishes at like a takeaway store. We knew that he looked out for his sister. We knew that the dad wasn't around. And there was a line about, you know, mum needs to keep an eye out on you. But apart from that, we, and possibly a little bit of a blow up at the barbecue. But apart from that, um, it was nice that they didn't go into any further detail because he's we don't, you don't need that detail. It's like the police officers, they don't ask for that detail. So us as an audience don't have the right to ask for that either. So mm. you see, um, you know, he obviously is the one that needs to be worried about too. So, I, yeah, I agree with everything you said. And I think that even though he didn't get a lot of screen time, I, I appreciated that character too.
1: The idea that he gets murdered minutes before, he's talking to his mate about a girl that he's trying to hook up with at a party they want to go to tonight. That, that's that's the conversation that he's having, which yeah. is just the, the most normal conversation that anyone would be having. For someone to think that two minutes later, he's going to get shot dead is just insane. Um, yeah. and, and that's the message they're trying to get across.
0: And it's also that that idea too that we, we've seen constantly in the media over the last few years of that reach for that phone so you can provide evidence of your innocence um, and that was just really impactful too. Yeah, very, very good point.
1: Anyone else? <laughs> Let me just have a quick line on Eduardo because yeah. <laughs> I just don't know why they needed him to be such a knob. Um, and then my second point on him is how smart are the kids at this school? Like, they lose one guy who helped make the time travel, so they just brought another guy who sort of helped make the time travel thing. Like these these kids, are smart. They're if you've got Michael J. Fox as your science teacher, you're
0: obviously um in the high achiever class. True, true. <laughs> uh, Marty McFly. Yeah. Although Marty
1: McFly didn't create the time machine.
0: <laughs> true. Um, yeah, I, I thought this his, this character was super lame um, to start with. <laughs> the whole the whole obsession with CJ and you know, oh, I'll help you. Oh, you are go on a date with me. I oh, wanted this since fourth grade. Those sorts of lines just didn't really sit really well. But I sort of did warm to him a little bit more towards the end when he got involved and started helping them, and and his eyes sort of opening to seeing the work that these guys had actually been doing. Yeah, sure. It didn't have to be such a knob the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Director Stephen Bristol, anything you wanted to mention about him, Stephen? Uh, probably nothing that I haven't already. Yep. Yeah. Just obviously first feature, and um, yeah, based on that short film. So let's talk about some scenes. What are what are some things that you enjoyed in this one?
1: Yeah. Well, I have to say that the, the Michael J. Fox cameo was brilliant. <laughs> I haven't actually looked. Is he is he in the cast on IMDb? I didn't look either. But um, yeah,
0: I I had that down as well because the the smile on my face just to see him on screen, I was like, I was not expecting that. And uh, I don't know if you're the same. Oh, massively. I loved
1: it. Just yeah. the fact that he was there. I, and I think also the fact that it makes this film really aware of where it stands in the world of making time travel movies. And it, it gives it an opportunity to sort of pay homage and, and bow down to to the heroes of time travel movies, which is Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, what, a, what a nice touch. And obviously the fact that he said, great Scott, great, Scott which yeah. I did read, was not, not part of the script oh really <laughs> yeah, was, yeah so like, he went he went off off with it and uh and the uh, end obviously yelled cut and the entire set just burst out laughing and just thought it was the greatest thing ever and gave that that double whammy too because like you know you know this film you, the opening scene tells you
0: it's about time travel then you see michael j fox like ah oh, smile on my face this is this is a great cameo and then and then to finish
1: it off with that line as well like it was just a, a great uh, great start it was big. There's a lot happening in that scene, yeah. even though there wasn't a lot happening. <laughs> yeah. um, I think they handled really early on when the, when the cops on the street corner came and tried to sort of settle them down a little bit. I think they handled that situation really well because they had Sebastian warning them that the cops were coming. And to me that felt weird because they're just standing there and not doing anything, having like a minor argument between brother and sister. Um and I was like, okay, why are you warning them that the cops are coming? But then obviously his mate pulls a phone out and that just, again, I'm so detached from what that would feel like. But this is exactly how it feels for people who are subject to uh, that kind of wrongdoing is that they need to be on their toes when they even see a police car. Um, and they, they captured that really well for me, for someone who, was, who isn't in that situation to go, oh, this is actually how it is. Why does this feel weird to me? Oh, well for them it's normal. So I think they did that really well.
0: Yeah. I've, if, and I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before too. The the novel is better, but the film, the hate you give, um, similar age bracket, same sort of things, same themes. Um, if you, if you enjoyed those types of scenes, you, you've got to go jump out and see that. Yeah.
1: Just so it makes you think about your own situation and how, mm-hmm. how lucky you are, but also how wrong it is that that, that people do feel this way. Um, yeah. I think in terms of scenes, it took real... The film took a real turn when when Calvin died. It went from, as we sort of spoke about, a fun time travel movie to this movie is saying a lot more than I was expecting it to say. And that was great. It gave it a different identity, which was cool. Um, and I think almost the most memorable scene for me was when, I don't know, the or third time they'd gone back and and Sebastian obviously... Found C the second Sebastian found CJ, but then he saw him coming out of the bodega, and he just started spluttering blood and disappeared. That was really impactful for me because uh, that was that was our guy. That was Sebastian. Like, what are we doing here? We can't let this happen. Um, yeah, I, you're gonna steal
0: all, all the things I've got as well because that <laughs> like just the, great. When he started disappearing, like I I started feeling emotional. Like it was it was so well done just to to be able to have those feelings based on, you know, not an awful lot of time with the characters um, up to this stage too.
1: So yeah, good call. Really good point. And, and then sort of the, this scene only works because that scene works is Calvin disappearing at the end as well. It's almost, it was almost like a slow, more poetic, like, sorry, it was me or him. And in his head, he's, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happens when you're disappearing (laughs) but like but is he just like okay cj's failed or cj's done the right thing i don't know and that was again just that zoom out the whole alleyway with him just slowly disappearing again really impactful um that was some great really great great shots yeah i've I've got a couple of others i'll add um great and
0: just going right back to the start too just me being um, a bit of a Star Trek fan to just to set the film up with time travel. And then, um, you know, there was a line like energize and and, and language warning. You know, there's Like this isn't Star Trek, you know, shut the F up sort of thing. I just <laughs> I had a good giggle to start with. I was like, okay, I know what we're in for straight away. So that was good. Um, <laughs> Opening scene was fun. It was a really good way to start a movie. Hmm. Um, and a cheap way to do it too. Like <laughs> when you're doing a time travel movie, it's a, that's a good cheap way to do it. Uh, the, the, the first time that they time travel and they're like they realize that they've done it, and then Seb sort of like checks that his manhood's still in place. I, I, thought was, I thought that was that was, that was funny. Uh, the The other one that sort of got me was when they actually used the title from the film, the the See You Yesterday, when um CJ and her brother are in that alley and they're talking about you know he doesn't want anything to happen to her, and I actually got chills. Like, and it doesn't happen very often to me in films. Like, I I was like very very into this obviously because i was i i had shivers i was like wow this is this is getting me um and then finally the the last one that <laughs> did the same sort of thing is um you know when calvin was was seeing that funeral pamphlet sort of transition to seb yeah. and that almost like sacrificial action um that mm-hmm. got me too like this this film got me a
1: lot um for a, a lot for a sci-fi movie.
0: film um this got a lot of emotions
1: going <laughs> Oh, it was so much more than a sci-fi film, yeah, wasn't it? Exactly. It was almost yeah, sorry, like yeah, time, yeah. time travel was a took the took the back state really, to to what the story was really trying to say. Exactly. Um, is there anything in here that you didn't like? Look, I, it did annoy me that CJ was so outrageously reckless, and I know I, I can sometimes allow you to progress a plot in a certain way by doing a certain thing, and and I, I, I we spoke about the fact that she's a teenage girl and she's going to make these decisions but sometimes it was just too much for me i i, I was almost unforgivable some of the decisions that she was making uh, and that does that takes away from a story when you're just doing it there because it needs to do it so that that did bother me a little bit yep um and similarly to that it, it bothered me when it took her so long to click that she could go back and fix it when calvin first died yep. like it took her so so I, sebastian's grandma said something and she's just like hang on i can go back in time it's like Sure, that's the first thing you'd think of. You know? yeah, um, feckle That was a bit weird. Um, basically everything Eduardo did was a bad scene. <laughs> <laughs> just just because he was just overdoing it, overshitting it. And I'm going to jump out on a limb here. And I love an ambiguous ending and I've loved ambiguous endings, probably the older I've got for some reason, maybe just the way I watch films and the way I think about films. And I enjoy that it leaves it up to me, but. This one actually felt a little bit off. I, I, I think initially I felt like they didn't want to end it either way, and I, and I get that because what you're trying to say throughout um, is really important, and giving it a happy ending is almost an unjust way to go. All oh, these people have have been have been killed for the wrong reasons, but this is a good ending story. It's almost like a slap in the face to them, so I understand that. But the message of meddling with time which again is not the biggest theme of the film but it is still important it never really gets answered so I mean the, the happy ending is you go back to the first time and make sure that CJ doesn't throw the slushy because that's, that's what starts this chain reaction yep. um, with old mate breaking his arm and then everything going on from there but I don't know uh, in, in, in a sense I get why he left it ambiguous because he wanted to make sure uh, um, he wasn't doing the wrong thing by tying it in a nice bow, as you said, but he also didn't want it to be overly bleak. I think this leaves, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, yeah. I, it just, <laughs> it just bothered me when it happened. I don't know how it ended either. I'm not. I'm sorry, I don't have the answers. I think it's difficult. Yeah. But it bothered me when it finished like that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I um, I agree with you, and I'm going to talk a bit more about that in my takeaways. I think. Um uh, yeah. Maybe you can. To talk about it better than i did <laughs> i don't i don't think i can because I, I i agree i think that there's there's too many options on the table as to what could happen um but i'll get to that um yeah a bit later on i think probably a better time to talk about it um the only thing the, the thing for me that really um the 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 sciencey stuff i don't like i don't mind a sci-fi film where they they explain the science and sort of make it a bit more um, understandable for someone who's got no bloody idea. But <laughs> for me in this, the, the science, this, the, especially there was, there were quite a few scenes where they, they're doing the sciencey stuff. It was just too much all over my head. Um, and I was like, I just wanted those bits to
1: finish. This is actually my question for you that I had at the end. I'll bring yeah. it forward now. Cause I was in these types of movies, how much do you try and understand the science? Does, does it lose you or do you just like, I probably do, I just put it to one side and I just wait for the plot to continue. Cause I know I'm not going to understand the science side of it. I'm assuming that it kind of checks out in some way. I'm like, that's fine. Great. Go ahead and do your thing. And it doesn't bother me, but do you try and figure it out? No, I like, I'm shocking at maths and science. So
0: the, the ones that do well, like if you stick with doing that the whole way through the film or the TV show or whatever it is, and that's okay because you, you're not focusing on that. You're focusing on the characters, their movements. You're focusing on their relationships and how they're doing it, even if the the dialogue's jargon to you. Whereas this one, it was like there were just these patches in between that had these sciencey sort of things that didn't really tie in with the the rest of their communications yeah, okay. or or, or um, interactions with others. Is that, I don't know if that makes sense.
1: As you're saying, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess maybe yeah, because I just put it to one side, one when, side. I when I don't understand it. Like Tenet, for example, yeah, I enjoyed so, yeah. Tenet so much more when I stopped trying to figure it out and I could just enjoy this story and I understood enough of it. But why they like, how they can do it? Nah. But
0: I'll just trust that you're right. And exactly. You and we, when we saw that, like I really enjoyed that film because the, the sciencey things, like it wasn't it wasn't like such a big emphasis on it. It was like here's a scene, but yeah. when they were explaining the science things, we're having visuals that were like showing us those backwards walking, bullets or it, they were yeah. walking it through it so i just think that that yeah you need that to to dumb it down for people like myself i guess <laughs> good point this was dry wasn't it they were just sitting there yeah, talking, talking about what they need to put in and where yeah, yeah and like point. they tried it they had like a screen with it or they're, they had the vr sets on so we couldn't even see what they were seeing they were just pulling <laughs> it through so yeah. <laughs> that's true yeah anyway <laughs> good question <laughs> all right um time to talk about some themes and some ideas in this one and i think there is a lot of <laughs>
1: Look, there's there's an enormous, I I don't know know any other way to talk about it It as like the Black Lives Matter theme. Um, It's obviously a very universal pledge uh, that's been happening for a very long time, obviously more, I was going to say more prominent in America, but probably louder in America at the moment. I'm sure it's happening everywhere. Um, It would be ignorant of me to suggest otherwise. Um, And that's, I mean, we've spoken about it a lot already and I don't know much more to say about it. I think this film does a really good job of bringing it to light and, and putting people who aren't in that situation in in their shoes for a little bit to see what it actually feels like um, from the comfort of your own couch, obviously, but it does. I, I love a movie that makes you think. And, and this one certainly did when they were discussing this theme um, before I go into anything else. Is there anything you want to say about it? Um, yeah. I, th- I think that just tying in, I guess, with
0: what you've mentioned there, that, that cycle of violence that is prevalent in the black lives matter movement where, you know, that, that cycle can't be broken, no matter how many ways it plays out, especially in this film too, like that we see the same violence is always one of the solutions or the endings to, to one of their cycles. And um, you know, the the best way for me to describe that is CJ reports that robbery and five minutes later, mm-hmm. the cops still aren't there. Like this is that kind of response that the black communities receive. So that, I mean, this is that commentary that you've mentioned on not just the present society in, in the USA, but the past as well, the, the gun violence, the killings by police officers. And I think that they did a good job of um, highlighting that.
1: And you, you, you mentioned something I was going to mention as well, the idea that there's some things that, and this is a bleak outlook, but there's some things that you just can't change. And if you meddle, in this case, going back in time, you you actually only make them worse i think you could argue that it got worse almost every time they went back and and that obviously applies to the general notion of time travel potentially when everyone talks about time travel like don't change anything but it, it, this this notion applies to the, the black lives matter uh, movement like you spoke about and i think that's that's really that's really strong
0: 100% it's it's not necessarily about changing the past but moving forward. And, and especially through the character of CJ, I guess she's, she's um so focused on, on the past that she's ignoring the future. She's ignore, ignoring what can happen if they just leave where they're at and move forward and, you know, reflect on or, or highlight the
1: lives of these people that, that have gone before them. So yeah, I agree. Mm. And obviously the, the other theme that comes out of this film is the idea of family um, and, and what they say friends friends of the family you choose or something to that, to that effect. Um, it is, there's, there's a really strong community feel to this, to this film. And I think probably really reflective of the, or was it? Crown Heights sort of suburbia area of Brooklyn um, yep. that comes along, comes across really nicely. Yeah. I, I
0: think so too. And they tie in through that, that family and, and the, the, the shots that you do see with the big majority of the community together, that there's a lot of grief and, I know yeah. there's probably some critique about how um, CJ discovered or thought about needing to go back, but sometimes that grief can can block out ideas of of needing to move forward. So, um, yeah, I think that that that, that idea of, of grief and, and being with those that are close to you does stand out in this too. Um, and as well, that that idea of um, some strong black teens on the screen, oh, yeah. brains that don't use brawn to get what they need like it's such a good thing that they they want this education um you know and there's that commentary too that that science is is bigger than these kids too that these kids are strong and and willing to move forward and and do what they need to do but they've got to take in so much more than the average person has to Mm, yeah no that's what i'll say as well yeah all right well what did you take away from this one
1: well, uh, this is the section where I couldn't figure out where to put anything but the fact that I really liked the uh, the reggae Caribbean feel to the <laughs> soundtrack. It's um—it's mm. a sneaky, I do like that, that reggae urban kind of, it's, you wouldn't expect it, someone like me, but I do like <laughs> that kind of music. I don't listen to it a lot, but when I hear it, when I hear a song, my wife always says like, oh, you like this song? There's a bit of like reggae to it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm listening. So that was really good. Really welcome uh, for me. It sounded nice. Nice. Um, cool. But in general, I, this is this is one of those movies that I, I never would have watched, um, and I and I like that it. it's found a home on Netflix because let's this movie is probably not going to do very well if it's not on a streaming service. Let's be frank, especially at this day and age. Um, so it, it it's the right kind of movie for Netflix to be buying, and and as a as a viewer, it's the kind of movie that I do want to stumble across. The, just to follow on from what
0: you said, the the idea of I think I was reading somewhere about. How would you market this outside a streaming service? Because yes, it's a, a film about teens, but you've got violence, you've got some pretty heavy swearing at stages. So you know, realistically, to try and whack a rating on this and, and put it in a cinema would be very hard because you're probably going to exclude the the market that you want to see it. Um, so mm. yeah, I agree. Netflix is probably the the perfect place uh, for this to sit. Mm, yeah, hundred percent. Um, So, and this is where I sort of said before, I'll come back to this, but this is all about um, the ending a bit, I think, because once the film finished, I just sit there for a bit and just think about it and reflect a little bit because I wasn't sold. I wasn't sold on that ending. Um, And I don't know that I wanted CJ to go back by herself again to try and fix it. And I guess that's the question you've got to ask yourself. Like, would it have been a more effective finish if she didn't go back? Because they could have finished it without her going back that would have been fine. And I was, I was sitting there feeling like really torn. But, and then I was, I was like, okay, why would they specifically have done this? Because, and then I was like, okay, you've got this idea of, of hope that she can do it. We know that she's stubborn. We know that she's worked so hard to get this experiment to happen or to get the time travel to happen that they've just kept doing it and doing it until they've got it right. So realistically, knowing her character, we know that she's probably going to keep doing it and doing it until she gets it right. Whether it takes her a hundred goes, or whether it takes her a thousand goes, but at the same time, <laughs> Her stubbornness didn't get her anywhere in this film mm. <laughs> Every time she was stubborn Nothing that she needed to happen happened So that's where I sat on it and I was like Yeah I don't know I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I know <laughs> I, 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 But I felt a lot happier after thinking about it Thinking okay I, do, I don't I do mind that ending Knowing that there are some other options Other than her, her just um, You know doing it for the sake of doing it
1: It provides a glimmer of hope Without yeah telling you that everything's fine. And I think that would almost be like, obviously her saving Calvin when the more I think about it doesn't sit well with me Um, Mm -hmm. because I don't think it's reflective of, of what the film's trying to say. And as a viewer, obviously you want her to because you want everyone to be happy, but there's also a level of her not going back, which I'm the same as you watching it. I'm just like, just count your losses. You got Sebastian back, maybe this whole process has made you appreciate what you do have and, and how fickle that can be and how important those people are and her not going back. Maybe probably would have been okay with me, but you're right. Cause I was flat with the ending. I want to, I, I, the more I think about it, the more I didn't know how I wanted to end okay. it though. So, so maybe that, that glimmer of hope without actually telling you that it's going to work or it's not going to work. Cause in my head, it doesn't work. She's tried everything she's had and she's actually making it worse every time she goes back. So um, so is there a chance that she goes back and sacrifices herself
0: so the other two can live? I don't think that's a, that's a good ending. I don't think that's a that's just ending. I, I don't know. I'm just like, there's so many with time. Yeah, fail, yeah. I guess there's just so many different options. Like what, what does she, like, what is she going back for? Um, yeah. Because we we can see through all these different stages that, no matter which one she goes through, something bad's going to happen. So she's got to be going back in time knowing that something bad's going to happen, whether it's mm-hmm. a broken arm, whether it's su- someone dying, like two people dying. So her going back, she knows that something bad's going to have to happen. I don't Go know. back I think, and stop yeah. yourself from throwing that slushy. Slushie.
1: I like that resolution. I do. I think that's really good. But At the end <laughs> of the day, this is you got me thinking of this when you talked about her calling the cops and them not coming. They obviously came when the place was actually robbed. So in the real story, the place gets robbed, call the cops and they come. The guys are still running away. So they've come almost immediately. When she calls the cops, they don't come that time. But 10 minutes later, they, I, don't know, that doesn't, mm. I don't know. That doesn't sit as well with me because they did come. It's not like you can't say, yeah, the cops won't even come because that, the whole reason that he's dead is because they did come.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they didn't come to the shop. So maybe they got the call and then just went straight looking for people rather than going to the shop.
1: True. What did she say on the call, though? She wouldn't have said that the place is going to get robbed. I think she rang and said it got robbed. No. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. good
0: question. We're, we're digging a bit. Yeah, here. too far. I don't think it was meant to be looked in that hard. Um, <laughs> did, you, did you go into IMDB at all? I didn't. No, I didn't. Me either. So, um, yeah. question
1: time. Have you got any others left? That was my only one. That was my big one about the science in 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 time travel movies. So, we've talked about that
0: i've only got one two and um i think we've we've discussed that we think cj smart does she have any common sense she's got a hell of a lot to
1: learn yeah um yeah this, and, and that's the, the thing about it is it's consistent it's not like it's not like there's times where she makes really clever decisions um and i'm not talking about academic decisions um she's basically reckless and stubborn this entire film. And that, that, that's okay, because that's obviously her personality. And then her brother knows that. That, that scene of the, when they're the, over the sink in the kitchen, she, he knows how, how reckless and stubborn she is. And so I appreciate the fact that's um, consistent. So to your question, I don't think she does have a common sense. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, I think
0: we're ready to wrap it up and uh, give it a rating out of five and come up with an average. So fill us in on
1: your final thoughts yeah look i was pretty flat with the ending uh maybe i'm coming to terms with it i don't know it's a really hard one but i I can't shake that feeling um but either way i did enjoy it um initially it was a journey it was it was fun it was a little bit different it was vibrant but it also took on this second persona uh when it had some really big issues to tackle and it opened up a side of my brain that i wasn't expecting it to open up so despite the fact that it did have its flaws and I, i talked through them i really did like it um it's it's three stars. I, I'd love it to be three and a half, but it's not quite there. Um, so it's a high. It's a nice, juicy three. Excellent.
0: Um, I probably haven't pumped this up as much as I did like it, to be honest, because yeah, like this, like this movie, like there were multiple times where I had feelings of like, yeah, my, my body reacting, which doesn't happen very often, and um, that that underlining commentary in the background about what life is like to be in fear of the police, knowing what they're doing is or what the police are doing is is wrong and what these kids and, and society and, and these members in this society, they're not doing anything wrong in it. Oh, i don't know I, just, I i'm very very mixed with it like with my feelings that because this this film like it got me and mm. i know that there's flaws and we've spoken about the flaws but i like that idea of, of these kids trying to better themselves and and work out what the the best way moving forward is and even if cj doesn't realize that yet i think that hopefully seb in one of her when she comes back then she's going to understand and acknowledge that and i i just really like this film i'm giving her a four and a half. <sighs>
1: <laughs> four and a half. Oh no! <laughs> yeah that's awesome no well <laughs> done nah, I, when you started talking i was like so this whole time i'm like jesse's gonna give it a three and a half and i think that's great and then you started saying i didn't pump this up enough i'm like ah, it's a four he's four. gonna yeah, give it, nah, a four. Nah, I'm giving it a 4 this half. is uh no nah, that was uh, four and I, half, I, I like that
0: after watching that i was now like i look I was, like i hate it no no i like at the end of that uh, the film i was like I would almost contemplate teaching this. That's how big and like yeah, that's how much I was like, this would be an excellent film to teach. And I
1: don't know, I just really connected with it. So, but um, outside of that, you you also had this full, seemed to have this full visceral reaction to everything. Like it was yeah, and that's that's rare in a film, but it's also that's what you want to get out of a good film. You want to you want to really feel things when you're watching a film, uh, and that's what the good films do. So you got that. Yeah, I know it's high, but um like I No, it's I, great.
0: I um th- there's a, th- like those three specific scenes that literally
1: I was like, wow, that got me. So um doesn't happen very often. So I'm giving it a four and a half. Um I want you, Jesse, and this might be for you or me, it might not even be for the for the listeners or anything. I want you to start thinking about your top one. one oh we've already done it at 150. I want you just. I want to see your rankings of your 155 Netflix film or Flix Forum films that you've done. Start thinking about putting that list together for the next few. And uh, I'll see where this one, where this one ends up. It'll
0: be, yeah. It's up there with like Aksha, um, just off the top of my head. So I mean, Roma. Yeah. Roma is higher than this, but yeah. Loved Roma. Um, Anyway, we, we need to move on. So we obviously have our, <laughs> we have our socials. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I just want to put on there for this week. What just, what did you think she CJ did in that last run? What, what was her intention? And I know there's no answer. We've already discussed
1: it quite a bit, but what was she? Was she was being do? a dead horse. She was going back and trying to do the same thing again. Calvin yeah. wasn't going to be convinced. She was by herself this time, so yeah, it's um, she's got a she's
0: only got a minimal amount of options, I guess, because um, she doesn't have that help. Um, mm. Mm, very interesting. But uh, we will be back for another film next week. And next week we have we're switching up completely. It's sort of going back a bit. It's a 2018 film. It's a psychological mm. horror thriller. It's called and i the, the, i'm sure you'll probably remember when this one came out it's called the perfection directed by richard Shepard, and it stars allison williams logan browning stephen webber and Alania huffman i very very clearly remember when this came out because they pumped it up as um allison williams from get out and um yeah i i have
1: visions in my mind of when it came out i actually don't but maybe if Ooh. I see the poster or something, I will. I, yeah. Even if you see the poster, this, it'll stand out. This might be up my alley. Not that
0: the other ones haven't been, but this this could be good. It could be. It could be. Um, we'll have to wait and see though. So um that's what we've got next week. Uh, this has been a good one. So I appreciate. And you gave me more insight than I had as well. So I think your thoughts on this were excellent. Uh that's that's
1: why we do this. We both feed off each other. And as I said, there's nothing nothing better than watching a film and then really, really figuring out what you think yep Um, and I'll see you next week you will